0: Welcome to the Digital Public Relations Podcast, covering news and trends in the digital space. Produced by the students in the Public Relations Program in the School of Media and Journalism at Kent State University. Hi, I'm Andrew, and this is the Digital PR Podcast. And I'm one of the co-hosts for today, along with... Griffin White. I'm Ray Bakari. Yeah, and today we're actually going to be talking about... Um, Public relations as related to music and musicians. Uh, really, over the last decade, we've had a lot of really good and bad examples of digital public relations. And we're just going to chat about some of those cases today and then um, talk about how this is. these trends are still happening uh, now, especially during the pandemic. Uh, Ray, what are your thoughts kind of on... A, current, a trend
1: that's happened in the last 10 years. Right,
0: Andrew. So, yeah, one of the one of the trends that I came up with is
1: the Mannequin Challenge. Uh, mannequin Challenge was a viral video trend in 2016 uh, where people remained frozen like mannequins and then uh, while the camera moved through the crowd. Uh, there was no song associated with it, so the uh, marketing uh, agency behind the song... Uh, it's name, its name its Interscope and Beats it Slime, recognized that the mannequin challenge was trending and then they decide to associate the song with it. Uh, and then they just surprised the people on social media, especially high schoolers, uh, with the challenge. And they asked uh, a couple of celebrities and uh, influencers on social media to do their own mannequin challenge and publish it in social media, uh, starting on uh, Instagram. And it's something that Really uh, surprises the whole world and people like uh, again, especially high schoolers start doing their own mannequin challenge, uh, uh, connected with the with the hashtag mannequin challenge, and yeah, everybody just started doing. I did my own, so <laughs> I, I, but I, I wasn't a high schooler at that time. I was I was I I already graduated from high school, but yeah, I did my own. Yeah. What do you guys think of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I remember seeing that just kind of evolve out of seemingly nothing. At the time, I really didn't know the song or the challenge, but I was actually just starting to work in higher education at that time. So a lot of, after it kind of went through high schools, it kind of started uh, creeping into theaters and musicians and other people started doing it. Um, I believe actually there was a few challenges that did really well here from students at Kent State. Um, but it was really interesting to watch, you know. And I'm really fascinated by the fact that they that company grabbed onto that trend and was able to kind of hijack it and really bring it, help bring that musician uh, and that song more out in the open.
2: Right. What about you, Griffin?
0: I think both what you guys said are correct.
2: What happened here basically was you took a trend that was gaining a lot of traction and with the addition of an up-and-coming artist who at the time made an incredibly popular song, those two things kind of collided together and sort of produced something that was bigger than both of them individually. It was able to propel both the challenge, the artist, and the song to a whole nother height that I guess nobody really saw coming. I mean, how can you see something like that right, coming? Yeah. And yeah. I guess the three takeaways for
1: us, like uh, as a PR people, is that recognizing and understanding uh, current and previous viral trends. So we really have to understand and like recognize these trends so we can take advantage of them. Another uh, takeaway I have is uh, social influencers and public figures uh, have a large effect on the viral growth. So that that's another thing that we should like consider uh, using as a tactic for our PR people. And then a last takeaway that I have is trends evolve as they grow. So the style, the uh, format, the music of viral videos can change. we we got to consider these three
0: uh, takeaways. Do you guys have any other takeaways as a PR people? Yeah, I mean... When you, for those, uh, those three you mentioned, I think are absolutely perfect. They, when you watch these trends grow like that, I think as PR people, we really do have to be prepared to see those evolving trends. And if we are working in the music industry or another industry, that really be able to attach something to that to make it a signature thing. Um, And then, you know, really today, uh, influencers just keep really um, grabbing everyone's attention. And I think this is an early example of social influencers really propelling something. Right. Um, and I think as PR people, I mean, so many uh, PR people are actually putting money behind uh, influencers and really trying to work with them to uh, create these new this new marketing way, this new right. way of marketing. And, and they're, they're making money back, right?
1: Yeah. Like they're putting money and they're getting money. So it's, it's two-way beneficial for, for the company, for the PR person, and then for the client. Or mm-hmm. for the for whoever sing the song, right? So yeah. What about you, Griffin? Um,
2: I'm not too sure. There's much more I can add on that <laughs> specific <laughs> topic. That's,
0: that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we'll we'll be talking a little bit more about uh, influencers and such in a second. Um, You know, one of the trends that I kind of... It was really short, um, but this is emblematic of... uh, Sometimes people, I think, get a little full of themselves on social media because they have a large following. Uh, A great example was in 2014, Rita Ora said, On Halloween night... Uh, if this gets 100,000 retweets, I'll release my new song on Monday. Oh, it, really? Yeah. It it got 3,000 tweets over the weekend. She ended up deleting it and saying, oh, I was hacked. I was hacked. Real I didn't mean it. Right. Um, I vaguely remember this, but when doing research, I was like, this is just perfect. Because I think one of the big takeaways from that is that we just can't become full of ourselves. I don't know if it was a PR person behind that or if Rita Ora just kind of went off on her own and did it. But... You know, we can't become too full of ourselves. Just because we have a following doesn't mean that we're going to get a viral trend right, going. Right. Um, I mean, she had 4 million followers at that point. So right. I think that's really the thing. If you want to achieve reality, I think looking back at the Black Beatles and the Mannequin Challenge, there was some planning there. There was care right. and consideration. So it's about the how planning. Plan for something. Yeah. To do the planning. Okay. It kind of yeah. seemed a
2: little bit lazy on our part just to be like, as long as you guys engage with this tweet, like, this is going to happen. But, like, you're not giving them really anything to engage with besides the idea of, like, oh, I'm going to drop a new song if we hit this, act, like, milestone. Like, that isn't enough of an incentive for her 4 million fans to engage. And who knows? Maybe she was hacked. <laughs> I doubt it, but maybe that exactly. was at what happened. Who knows? Um, but the way that she tried to approach that, I don't think really captured what made the other examples of this so successful exactly
0: yeah and plus the the timing of it on a what is probably a pretty big holiday for a lot of her audience which is probably more teenagers and 20 somethings at that time they're out doing halloween things (laughs) you know i mean they're out doing kent state halloween um they're not going to be sitting there wrapped up in twitter that night necessarily looking to retweet someone's tweet so i think that also just is the timing element of virality kind of going "Mm, that didn't work um you know, but on the other end, there was another kind of successful things to talk about, you know, marshmallow. Yeah,
2: um, uh, the kind of marketing, I think, is what set him apart, really, as opposed to, like, a lot of his other um, contemporaries that are DJs. Like, the only people off the cuff that I can think of who have emulated success like his through his marketing would be, like, Dead Mouse or Daft Punk, the mm-hmm. other two helmeted iconic artists who have found a lot of mainstream success in the past years and I think like a lot of the reason for that success is people because there isn't like a human face attached to it a lot of other people are able to impress themselves like up into their brand and be like I could see like a little bit of myself in that it isn't as human but that definitely plays to the strength of Adding to the market boom for them, at least it doesn't work with everyone. There's a bunch of other helmeted uh, <laughs> crusaders out there turning tables, but not. It's clear that that doesn't happen too often, and when it does happen, it is a truly special event. Because I, I mean, all of those artists are legacy artists at this point. I don't see them going. I mean, besides Daft Punk, yeah. rest in peace. But they're still going to be one of the most like iconic electronic music artists around, and the marketing is a really big reason for that.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting that he kind of has this, this character and this mystique. He'll pop up and you just know who he is. He's in music videos. There was a recent one that he was just in with a bunch of influencers uh, over the pandemic. I honestly don't remember which one, but I just remember seeing him throughout the pandemic just continuously popping up in different media and different formats. Um, whether it's actually him or not, I'm not sure. Sometimes it could be someone else. But it's just really interesting to see how he's been able to, even throughout the pandemic, uh, continue to make appearances um, you know it was him who did the Fortnite concert right yeah
2: he kind of set himself up for like surviving staying relevant and maintaining that relevancy through the pandemic because he was Marshmallow in particular was someone who wasn't afraid of branching outside of his domain he would actively participate in like f- like gaming competitions like gaming concerts even he would get up on stage play with like prominent influence- influencers like Ninja he wasn't someone who was afraid to stay in his corner, and I think, especially in these times, that has added to his success and his longevity. And I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone is in agreement that they're excited to see what he comes up with next, regardless of yeah. music or anything else. Yeah.
1: And I guess one of the other things that really surprised me about Marshmello is the uh, him becoming so famous and like iconic in a short, short period of time. Like mm-hmm. in 2017, uh, he was a Frank uh, the eighth highest. Uh, Bade DJ around the world. So Mm -hmm. that that really surprised me, Uh, the short period of time
0: that made him so famous and iconic. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, in talking a little bit more about uh, how artists have been able to take advantage and really uh, use some of these digital tools during the pandemic is really fascinating. You know, one of the main platforms that artists have really seemed to flock to is TikTok, because you can, you know, upload your music and you can actually put your music there and you can get that naturally just associated with the trend instead of trying to find a trend. Your music can actually become attached because someone likes a cool section of your lyrics. I mean, up to 60 seconds, but a lot of the most famous ones are much shorter, 15, 20 second clips of people doing a challenge with a particular song. Um, You know, one of the examples I think of is, um, he's not a huge artist, but his name is Jake Miller, and he really attracted some good media attention because he was doing these uh, parodies and different kind of things about the pandemic, and he was putting those on TikTok, and he was creating his own original little short songs, which was really cool. And that actually then led to a lot of interviews, and he's been able to start talking about what he usually does, which is performing in his normal music, you know, that he does throughout the year. Um, You know, so it kind of, he's sort of started to be, he's always kind of been a little bit of influencer, but it's starting to show that musicians are also influencers, going back to what we already know. Talked about right. is right. the fact that you know Rita Ora has four million, but her influence wasn't that great. But a lot of these artists now, with these tools like TikTok, are able to kind of take advantage of of uh, of this digital landscape and really be uh, yeah. promoters yeah. of themselves. And I really like your statement saying that artists can be influencers
1: too. That's that's something true. I I believe on it. Yeah, and I think there's still so much that we as a PR uh, professionals can still. Again, and accomplish from tiktok because it's a new uh, a new platform a new social media platform that we still are discovering and learning about and then uh i i think we're we're still gonna accomplish
2: a lot from tiktok it might just be an opinion but i think one of the reasons why a lot of artists are finding success especially through tiktok as a medium is because like it's a stark contrast to like i guess their identity like a lot of the times they're being introduced in these tiktoks it's usually fun like they're making fun parodies. They're the people who are posting them, who aren't the artists, are just having fun making videos, and like real people can get attached to that. It isn't like it's kind of like them dropping the facade for a second that they're like some like godly, untouchable exactly. artist yeah. who's just like graced us all with their presence. Like it definitely adds to their humanity, and I think the reason why these people are like coming up from this platform in particular is because people can see that. Like they're just able to resonate easier with well, then with someone who's like a character, who they can't really relate to.
0: Yeah, I think it, yeah, like you said, it really lets them drop their guard, and I think it lets them be creative in a different way. It lets them it lets them explore different parts of their personality. I think that's really key when you're already a creative person, is to let yourself explore that. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, Instagram has started to let, let us do that, and there's other platforms like Twitch, which we haven't even gotten to really talk about, which is sort of a blend between YouTube and a uh, chat room a live chat yeah um so it's that's a really another another really interesting platform that um artists are beginning to explore as well it's becoming a little bit more less about gaming and more about interactive and creating interactive communities um and i think musicians can really start to take advantage of that as they as they move forward
2: yeah we've seen a bunch of people
0: um artists in particular who have been doing a variety of
2: content they've been showcasing their skills by like breaking down their songs, breaking down their visuals, how they program all that. But I feel like the most amount of success is coming from artists who are doing live performances on these platforms, like Mm -hmm. they're performing concerts, they're performing live DJ sets. They're making it engaging uh, for the viewer and especially in this time when people can't go to concerts, they can't experience these artists live. It's kind of seeming like this is the best alternative for them. Right. For the fans to like experience a show with their favorite artists like right. It's just a safe way to do it at this time and it's becoming a more and more accepted variation for maybe smaller artists who aren't like backed by millions of dollars who who can go to all these shows, who can connect with so many fans live. I think it's helping them out a lot too because it's like less pressure, less money, less time for them to make something that people will find valuable.
0: Yeah, less travel, that's it. <laughs> less travel for sure. Yeah. They It's a much more budget-friendly option, I think, even if they are renting out a place, but they don't have to worry about maybe some of the safety concerns of having a large crowd. I think it's a really interesting way for artists to be engaging. Plus, it allows for a similar fan experience because the chats allow you to actually talk with each other. Um, and there's moderators to keep it relatively uh, safe for people watching. Yeah. Um, Any final thoughts? I guess we are good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we had a great time talking about this. Until next time, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, share, or send us your comments on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Find us on Twitter using the hashtag PROnlineChat. We're looking forward to hearing from you.